Hello, and welcome to Papago Butte's Church of the Brethren podcast, recorded live weekly at our campus in Scottsdale, Arizona, during our normal service. Mother's Day to all the mothers and mother figures that are out there today and in our lives. Um, after the service, the kids will be passing out flowers. We have lots of flowers to go around, so I uh, look forward uh, to that at the end of the service. Um, but we just spent the last three weeks um, in the prophet Nahum in our Old Testaments, and we're officially uh, done with that. Um, and if you were here for that series or part of that series, I hope that you enjoyed it, or at the very least, were like challenged by some of the more difficult words that we do find in our uh, Bibles. Um, next week, we're going to dive into a new series about beliefs and identity. I'm very much looking forward to that, to kind of exploring like what exactly do we believe and value here um, as a church and a part of this faith tradition that we're part of. Um, but today, it's a bit of a lighter topic than Nahum. It was three weeks of pretty heavy stuff, and so this week is a little bit lighter. I love seeing all the kids involved with everything. It was great. Um, but again, our, our denomination, the Church of the Brethren, uh, we have different resources and different things that promote different topics and Sunday ideas from time to time. Um, and we're kind of free to go about this as we, as we so desire. We're allowed to use some of these things. We're allowed to not use some of these things. We can kind of uh, pick our path, uh, so to speak, in that regard. Um, but there is one Sunday a year they typically call National Youth Sunday, uh, which is a great Sunday to kind of promote your youth and younger folks um, getting involved in the service, as well as just themes about the importance of that. Um, and again, they do provide a lot of different resources and elements for the service. And so I was really thankful that a lot of the readings and songs and things like that came um, from uh, this resource. And so again, this year we opted to lean a little bit more into that this year. Um, that's why we've had more of our younger folks involved in the service. Um, and our theme for this, this year, the, the theme for this service was stand up even if you stand out. And so when I was like working my message, I was like, well, I'm just going to title it that. That's really easy. We don't need to reinvent the wheel here. So that's the title of the message today. Um, and we're going to talk about Paul's message to the church at Rome um, and then talk about just a really huge strength that we have here um, in our own church and what we can do about that. Um, and so, uh, so I'm going to be talking about to all of us today, but going to hone in and talk a little bit uh, to some of our younger folks in the room as well. Um, so as always, we start with prayer. So please pray with me. Lord, we are so thankful uh, for your word. We are thankful for the truth of your word in Paul's day, uh, for the original church uh, there in Rome, and we're thankful for your uh, truth throughout the ages. We're thankful that you have truth for us uh, to, to, to share with us even today. Uh, Lord, I do indeed uh, uh, proclaim that I, or I do indeed pray that I'd be able to preach and proclaim your truth this morning. If I say anything that's not of you, let that be forgotten. Uh, but we pray that you'd be brought glory and honor and that we'd learn to better be your disciples as a result. Amen. All right, so we are in Romans 12 this morning. And whenever you kind of jump into a Bible kind of passage kind of right in the middle of things, it's always important to like just talk about the context, like what's going on here. Um, and Romans 12 is an incredibly pivotal text uh, because it's here that the Apostle Paul pivots in his direction of what he's talking about here. I mean, I just made a really, really terrible pun, and if none of you are laughing or realized I made a pun, that is okay. And so let me restate this a little bit. Uh, Romans 12 is an incredibly important and 
pivotal moment in the book of Romans because here Paul is shifting and he's pivoting in what he's talking about. So Romans 12 is very pivotal uh, for a few different reasons. And so here's what I mean by that. Why do I keep saying the word pivot here? Um, So Paul has written 11 chapters thus far of this very important, very dense theology. Uh, There's 11 chapters of this very rich, very intense, very detailed theology. Uh, Paul is building this very epic, very interwoven argument of what the Roman church should believe. And if you were to sit down and really truly like hash this out, study it together, you could spend months and months and months just going through this material and still not like come to a conclusion. So like the 11, Romans 1 through 11, very intense, very, very in-depth. And then here in chapter 12, there's a bit of a shift. There's a bit of a pivot. Uh, Paul is moving on and he's talking about how the Roman church should then therefore act and behave. And so there's a movement from like, hey, this is what your theology should look like. This is what your theology should be. This is what you should believe. Again, 11 chapters of like what you should believe to now he's shifting and now he's saying, because of all of this, because of what you believe, this is then how you should act. And so our beliefs cause us to act and think and live in a certain way. And Romans 12 paves the way for the rest of the book and the rest of the book is how you should then go on and and, and live. And so that's the, what the rest of the book is, uh, what Paul is telling them about, like these instructions uh, for Christian living. And uh, in the New Living Translation, Paul says to them, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. And so really to, like, to emphasize this pivot, to emphasize this change, uh, maybe a, like, a, like a way we can drive that home is to say, for Paul to say, and so, dear brothers and sisters, because of everything I have just said to you, I plead with you. And so I'll read the text again, kind of with that emphasis in mind. And so, dear brothers and sisters, because of everything I have just said, because of this long argument that I have just presented, because of this 11 chapters of theology I just presented to you, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Again, our theology, what we believe, that impacts how we live. Uh, What we believe impacts how we live our lives. Um, Romans, as as a whole, is a bit of a difficult book to get through. It's very thick, again, it's very dense uh, for the first 11 chapters. Uh, but once Paul gets to Romans 12, uh, once, to get, once he gets to the part of living out your faith, it's a lot easier to understand, or at the very least, it's a lot easier to talk about, it's a lot easier to flesh out. And so this passage, it's almost like its own sermon. It's, it's pretty straightforward, uh, pretty much to the point. There's nothing really like hidden here. Uh, it's very simple, very self-teaching. Uh, Let your life be lived in service to God. Let everything you do uh, serve as an ongoing sacrifice. First century world, that analogy would have very much hit home for them of being a living sacrifice. They would have understood that because first century, they did sacrifices all over the place, all over the time. You know, first century Judaism, they did sacrifices. That was kind of part of their religious traditions. Uh, Various pagan practices that were out there, 
they did sacrifices as well. So that was a thing that the average person in that day and age would have, understand, would have understood. We make sacrifices. Uh, where they would take some sort of animal or some sort of grain or something that they had in their possession and literally sacrifice it. They would literally burn it up, cut it up, or do something as a way to destroy it, as a way to potentially appease their gods or God, as a way to show maybe they were serious about their faith, as a way to show like, oh, this is like uh, we are repenting for some sort of wrong that we did. And so sacrifice was very much part of that world. It was an act of worship for them. And so Paul is taking that very well-known practice, that very well-known idea, and he's saying, your life, who you are as a person, your entire being is to be an ongoing sacrifice every single day. It's not something that dies out, not something you just do once and then you go on, but each and every single day you are to do that. You are to go on and be a living sacrifice. Your life is an ongoing act of worship. And so when you think about the influences of your life, you always center that in Christ, not in what others think and how others do things. You start with Christ, you start with having your thoughts and your heart and your life being shaped by him first, as you, and then you go about and do your thing. Uh, but there's a lot of competing ideologies around you, and again, you always center that in Christ first of how you're shaped with things, and then you go on and make decisions that way. And the more that we are seeking the mind of Christ, the more that we are transformed by the Holy Spirit, uh, the more we live a life that's marked by wisdom and maturity. And, you know, we're not robots here. Uh, we're not robots here. We don't believe that God is literally in our lives saying, well, there's option A or option B, and as you go about uh, making decisions. Uh, but what Paul is getting at here is as we live our lives, as we're faced with trials and tribulations and difficult decisions, um, we'll have a better sense, a better ha- handle on, on how to go about these things as we align ourselves with Christ and what Christ was about. Again, we're not robots here. We're going to mess up along the way. We're going to get some things wrong along the way. We're going to make some mistakes here and there. We'll probably look back at portions of our lives and say, you know what? With what I know now, with like how Christ has shaped me now, I probably would have handled this a little bit differently. And that's okay. Again, none of us are robots here. Uh, Christ never calls us to perfection, but we're called to faithfulness. And that's what Paul's getting at here. We're never called to perfection. We are called to faithfulness. And that was certainly one of those things that was true for the original audience. And it's something that's true for every single generation who is shaped by faith. Um, It's something that all of us here can take hold of, that if we take faith seriously, if uh, we're kind of on this faith journey, then let let our lives continually be shaped by the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Uh, Let us, let let that have a continued, uh, be be a continued centering point in our lives, that we are led by themes of grace and reconciliation and welcoming of the stranger and all of those things that Christ stood for. All right, so today we're focusing our service around youth and younger folks and, and getting them more involved with things. And, you know, just sitting up here, I just loved seeing them, like, helping out with the different roles. I'm looking forward to when my kids are better at reading and things like that. Maybe they'll be involved. Oh, it's so great. Um, everyone that was part of the service thus far, everyone did great. You did amazing. And I'm so glad that you're all here with us this morning. And we as a local church are incredibly blessed to have a large uh, percentage of our congregation uh, be uh, people who are of high school age or younger. We have this incredible blessing among us that a good chunk of our population is high school age or younger. 
And so I, I'm often in dialogue with other pastors, other people I know, other like nonprofits, other groups, other things, people asking like me questions about my church. You know, when you say you're a pastor, people are like, oh, like tell me about that. What is that like? Tell me about your church. Like it's an ongoing conversation I have with all kinds of people all over the place. And often when I'm asked about that, and they're like, okay, what's going well for your church? What strengths do you have? What weaknesses? Like what's, go, like, what, what th- what's, tell me about the logistics of your church. I consistently highlight the fact that we have a lot of kids here. Like that's a continued a dialogue and talking point I bring up when I'm talking about our church. Um, now be clear, we are a small church, uh, but one a tremendous strength we have is just in the sheer number and percentage of kids or youth. So, you know, when you talk about like, what was your church size, you know, look, look like things like that. When you talk about numbers, um, you know, if, if I were to sit down and say like, what, tell me about our church, what, what, how many people go here, things like that. We'll all get slightly different numbers, uh, but here's kind of how I calculate things. Um, I would say that there's about 70 people, give or take, uh, that would currently consider this their church. I've been here about two years now. That's just kind of the numbers I, I come up with. Again, a little bit of wiggle room there, but we have about 70 people. And of those 70-ish people, about 20, again, give or take, about 20, are high school age or younger. And so about a quarter of our church is high school age or younger. Like, that's amazing. Like, that is a huge gift that we have, a huge resource we have, something to be celebrated, something that's amazing. Like, that's a huge strength that we as a church have. Um, again, I, I talk with other people in the area about churches, things like that. I have, a, I have a friend in the area. He just started kind of working at like a smaller mega church, like probably about 800 or so people. And again, talking about logistics and all of that. Um, and he was, we were talking about like their youth program. And he was basically like, we don't have one. And I was like, well, tell me about the kids at your church. And he was like, we have maybe about a dozen or so kids there of a church about 800 or so. Um, and again, like I was, I was telling him about our church. I was like, oh, wow, like, your church is significantly larger than ours, and we have more kids. And, you know, I hope, I hope we all understand, like, this is not a competition. Like, every church has their strength. Every church has their problem. Every church has good things and things they could fix and all that. Um, but that was, like a, that was like, a, like a highlight for me to say, like, oh, again, like, this is something amazing that we have going on here. Um, and that our youth and our kids are certainly one of those things to celebrate. And, you know, one of the ways that we, 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 we um, like kind of do faith, one of the ways we understand and discern the mind of Christ is, is through community. And so this text calls us to ask ourselves as a church body, as a church community, you know, what are we doing uh, to help raise up our younger people in the faith? Like, what are we doing to kind of impart that faith to them so they can go out and, and live the faith as well? You know, are we properly equipping them? Are we properly resourcing them? Let's not be afraid to think big about this or think outside of the box if we're thinking like, oh, like here's a way we can maybe step things up. Like, we have an amazing gift. Let's make sure that we continue to care for it, continue to nourish it, continue to make sure that it thrives. Like, again, like, I love that about our church. We have this amazing gift here. Uh, let's continue to be a community that uh, prizes raising up younger people in the faith. And let's uh, continue to make sure that we are doing that the best way that we possibly can. Um, They are the next generation, and they have so much to teach us, and I'm so much looking forward to what they will have to teach us. I mean, my my son is four. I've learned so much from him about the world just by him being around for four years. I'm very excited as as he grows up in the faith. What is he going to teach me about that? Like, I'm so excited about that. There's like a bunch of other kids are going to do that as well. Like, let's get excited about that. And and again, the the, the theme that the Church of the Brethren came up for for this Sunday is uh, stand up even if you stand out. It's 
what I titled my sermon, so let's like talk about that now. And so thus far, I've been addressing the entire church, uh, but now specifically I'm going to hone in a little bit. I'm going to talk to those who are in the room that, that are on the younger side of things. And so if you're in high school or middle school, elementary school, if you're here in the room right now, like this is the message I'm kind of directing more so at you. I think we're mostly kind of in this side of the room. So I'm not ignoring you, I'm just kind of directing my energy over here. Um, I'm kind of using high school as a cutoff point, but like we have some college age, just out of college age people as well. So we have like, again, like a kind of a, like a kind of, that's the kind of uh, people I'm talking about right now. So I want to be very clear about something to everyone who's kind of in that uh, pocket of things, uh, that you are part of a faith community that deeply loves you and cares about you. I want to make that very clear. You're part of a faith community that deeply loves you and cares about you. Of, Of those 70 or so people that go here, like we are rooting for you and we are excited for you and we are so happy that you were here among us. We are immensely proud of you and we love you all. All the kids that are next door that aren't hearing this, we love all of them, and we're so happy they're here. Uh, Many of you have parents or grandparents or their family here. You have aunts and uncles, cousins, all of that. Like, your your family, they care about you. Uh, But just as your physical family cares about you, you have a spiritual family that cares about you and loves you and wants to see you thrive and do the best in all things. Like, that is true, like, 100% every single day. There's a whole bunch of people in this room, some folks on Zoom, some who are not here with us this morning that love you and care about you and want you to thrive. I wanna make sure we're we're abundantly clear about that and there's no question in anyone's minds that you are so excited that you are here. And so we collectively want to encourage you to take faith seriously and to take the story of Jesus seriously as well. We are excited about your potential and what your future looks like but we're also excited about what you're doing now, and we're also proud of the people that you currently are as well. Sometimes we talk about kids and like, oh, we're so excited about your potential. We are, but we're excited about who you are now as well. All of us are here because we value a life that is shaped by faith, and we want that for you as well. And what that means is that we believe that there's this thing called the Bible that has truth and meaning and value for our lives. And we believe that there is a good God who has made everything and cares about the whole world, including you as a person. And we believe that Jesus is who he said he was, that he is the savior to us all, that he calls us to live a life centered around caring for other people. And that's what we're all trying to do here. Uh, We believe that there's a Holy Spirit who is alive and active and helps to guide our lives as well. And so we collectively as a church body, I wrote this sermon, but like everyone here is standing behind me as we say this, we want to encourage you to take faith seriously and to live that out, to to stand up even if you stand out. And what I mean by that is you live your life and you have all kinds of influences around you. You know, you have friends and school and social media and sports and movies and hobbies and interests and jobs and all of this stuff that's around us, like telling us what to do and think. Um, And those things will change and evolve as you grow older and and, and over time. The things you care about now, some things you will will care about other things down the road. And as you are figuring all of this stuff out, as you are figuring out who you are as a person, as you're figuring out your interests, the stuff you care about, as you are discovering your voice, as you're discovering the things that you value, the things you're good at, the things that you enjoy, as you're discovering all of this, as you're discovering what sort of influences that you take seriously, what kind of friend groups you have, as you're, as you're doing all of this, our, our prayer as a church for you is that faith will be a central part of all of this. 
And we're all here because we believe in a life shaped by faith is what it's all about. And we as a church are collectively calling all of you to be bold in that. To be bold in your faith. Very much want to encourage you to ask all of the questions. Ask all of the questions about everything and anything. All of the questions, ask them every single day. Drive your parents crazy with the questions you asked. Um, We do this because we think it's good, but also Jesus was in the habit of asking questions. Jesus asked like hundreds and hundreds of questions in his ministry, and he answered like something like a handful of questions. Like Jesus was all about uh, asking questions. And so as you're reading your Bibles and something doesn't make sense, like ask, like what does this mean? What is this about? Ask your parents, ask your Sunday school teachers, ask me, like that is what we're here for. And so as you're looking around the world, trying to make sense of it all, don't be afraid to ask questions. There are no questions too small. There are no questions too silly. There are no questions too embarrassing to ask. And so I pray that we would never grow weary of asking good questions because faith and curiosity, they go hand in hand. And if you see things that we're doing here that don't make sense or you're puzzled or you're like, why are we doing, why do we do that? Like ask, we want to like, like, we want to talk with you and say like, this is why we do this thing. Uh, If there are things that you would like to see happen here, if there are things you would like to try or to explore, like, tell us what those things are. I I can't promise you that we'll be able to do them, but I can 100% promise you that we'll certainly entertain these things and try to figure out how to make it work with those things. And as you are shaped by a life of faith, there will be times of where what you value goes up against something that you're facing where you might have a friend, someone you care about, who asks you to do something that you, that you don't like. Maybe they're asking you to, like, help, hey, help me steal this thing. Help me cheat on this test. Something that makes you feel like, hmm, I don't think I, I feel comfortable with this. And you might have to have a difficult conversation with them. You might have to reevaluate a friendship. And Paul here in Romans is calling you to stand up even if you stand out. If you're running into a, situ- if you're running into a situation that runs counter to what you believe in, to take a stand, to stand up even if you stand out. Uh, I've been honing, you know, more so in the younger folks here, but hopefully we know that's a message for all of us. That a life shaped by faith means at times we may have to make a difficult decision on something that just goes against the status quo. I mean, if you're anyone who's uh, uh, versed in brethren history can like look back at our past and say like, oh yeah, we got a lot of people who stood up uh, even if they uh, had to stand out, even things that didn't happen that long ago. And so to my friends in the faith, to those on a faith journey, to those who are present with us now, to those who are listening later, our beliefs and our theology, they cause us to live and act in a certain way. Romans 12 is all about that, that faith transforms us to action. We're all shaped by faith, both as individuals and as a church community. And as a church community that's been richly blessed with younger people, let us continue to be thankful for that and to continue just to pour into that blessing. Uh, Let us be a place where people of all ages can learn and grow in their faith and ask all of the questions. And let us be a community where we continue to support others in standing up for their faith, even when it means standing out. Thank you for listening to Papago Butte's Church of the Brethren podcast. If you have any questions or are interested in finding out more about our church, feel free to reach out to us at any time. Our contact information is provided at www.pbcob.org.